Please stand as we read on God's word. We'll be reading on Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. Matthew 13, 31. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. These are the words of the Lord. Thank you, Eunice and Danielle. That was touching to the heart. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Matthew chapter 13. We'll continue our series on the parables, and today I'm just going to deal with the parable of the mustard seed, knowing we had a lot of other things going on. Just do this one brief parable. And let's visit it again, Matthew chapter 13. And we'll go to verse 31 of Matthew 13. And I'll read verse 31. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed, in his field. So today, I, I kind of changed my message title just a little bit from great growth from small beginnings, and that's true. The parable of the mustard seed shows great growth from small beginnings. But I changed it, tweaked it just a bit to say that the mustard seed is very powerful in this passage of Scripture. And even in the New Testament, the mustard seed is often a metaphor for things. Of course, it's a metaphor of our faith. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain and be moved. And so really we see the kingdom of God compared to a mustard seed. And I want us to see today the power of the mustard seed. Let's pray. So Father, thank you for this moment. Speak to our hearts and thank you for your kingdom that is now, but yet ultimately it's coming. You are coming, Jesus. You will set up your vast, mighty kingdom. And though things may seem small now, your kingdom will be vast and cover the earth. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So sometimes small things can pack loads of power. And so, a little mustard seed is, 
in the minds of the farmers and those to whom Jesus was speaking, it was the smallest seed to which they would know about, which they would be familiar of, which was common to them. As Jesus spoke about, speaks about how it is indeed, in verse 32, the least of all seeds. Now somebody can come along and say, oh no, there are smaller seeds than the mustard seed. And that's true. But the mustard seed would be the smallest seed to which the people were familiar in planting themselves. Small things can pack loads of power. And so it's kind of like, you know, just think of the power of the mustard seed. If somebody has a gun and they say, you better stand back because I have a gun, I might shoot you, you, you would say, whoa. Well, so we could say, stand back, I have a mustard seed, you know. And this is more powerful than any gun, more powerful than a locomotive, more powerful than Superman, more powerful than nuclear bomb is the power of a mustard seed because the kingdom of heaven is like a grain. A grain, one grain, not, not a whole bunch of grains, a grain of mustard seed. Isn't that amazing? So you often put these parables together, the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven, because really there's a there are similarities to them, but they're, they're different and they're distinct. But I just thought it would be good just for a second here to say how they're similar, how the parable of the mustard seed is similar to the power uh, the parable of the leaven in the meal or the leaven that's in the grain. So first of all, both parables emphasize the importance of contact. The seed must get out of the jar and where? Into the ground, into the soil. The leaven must make contact with the, 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 the flour, with the grain, in order to permeate it and for it to grow into delicious bread. So that's one thing. They both emphasize contact. Number two, they both emphasize or evoke, and I like that word, they evoke surprise. That Jesus would use these two metaphors to speak of his kingdom. Because the mustard seed being so small. The Jewish people had no problem believing that the kingdom of God was going to be mighty but they didn't understand that it would begin so insignificantly. So that mustard seed evokes surprise. The leaven evokes probably even more surprise. Why? Leaven is often pictured in the Bible as being an evil of influence. Jesus himself used leaven. He says the he said that the doctrine of the Pharisees was like leaven, and beware of it. Paul says that we're to purge out the leaven. And of course, the day of, on, the, uh, on the, the Passover time, the, people, the Jewish people cleansed their home of leaven. So leaven is often a metaphor for sin or false doctrine. So that, Je if, that Jesus would use leaven as a metaphor of his kingdom would evoke surprise. So much surprise that a number of commentaries, and honestly, these two parables have stumped me, probably more than any parable. With this question, does the mustard seed and the leaven represent good growth of the kingdom, 
Or does it represent the evil growth of the professing kingdom? And I have really wrestled with that. And a number of commentaries I have, you may know Montgomery Boyce, who was on Family Radio here for many years. He says they're both representative of evil. Warren Wearsby, who I love reading his commentaries, he says they're both also speaking of an abnormal growth of the kingdom. Wearsby says that the, remember the parable of the tares, that speaks of the false children, and that's true. Jesus interpreted the tares as the children of the evil. And then Wearsby went on to say that the mustard seed represents false growth of the kingdom, and that the leaven represents false doctrines that, that are taught within professing Christianity. So I do understand that these two parables, the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven, are often used to speak of some kind of abnormal or evil growth. But Trench, who wrote a very uh, well-known and, and a, a older commentary on this, I agree with Trench. Trench said it this way, it is not necessary to interpret the parable as though it were a prophecy of the workings of the future master of iniquity. In other words, the working of the devil within the professing kingdom. And that's going to be my take on it. I'm going to take these parables at face value. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like the mustard seed. I'm going to take it that that's, that's God's kingdom that is like a mustard seed. And also, I'm going to take it when we get to the leaven next time, that the, the, the leaven speaks of God's kingdom and the growth. And I thought of it this way. What would you rather eat, a big, fat, juicy bagel or just a flatbread piece of bread? Me, I'll go with the fat, juicy, leavened bagel any day of the week, you know? How, I, how many of you actually like leavened bread? I mean, it, isn't it smell great? I mean, so leaven is really quite good. We all enjoy, you know, leavened or raised the dough. That's when the dough is raised and it's got the leaven in there. So there's nothing evil about leaven itself. And we also have to remember that many times one metaphor could be evil on certain situations and not on an, at another situation. Do you know, for example, in the Bible, who's a lion? Jesus. Who else is a lion? The devil, okay? So there you have the same metaphor used for both Jesus Christ and, and the devil. And so sometimes, and, and also leaven, when we talk about leaven, sometimes, and, you could, and we'll look at the verses next time, but sometimes leaven has, is used in sacrifices. It's not always evil. So I just wanted to kind of get that out there. And if you disagree with me, by the way, that's okay. Because good other good men disagree with me also. We can disagree on this and still say, hey, you're all right, man. Okay. The next thing, the last thing I want to say here is that the beginnings of Christ's kingdom appeared small. But its latter end would greatly increase. And, and the, the parallel here between the, the smallest of seeds, the mustard seed, and the leaven, which was very small in comparison to the whole lump of dough, it was it was put into, and, and how it increased is completely out of proportion. What that seed grows to is completely out of proportion to its original size. What three 
oh, it says three um, measures of meal, which was a large portion of grain. And it says the whole was leavened. So the, the, the increase is out of proportion to its original beginnings. And that's the point of this, beloved, is that God's kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, is going to grow so great, so mighty. We all want to be a part of the kingdom of God. We all must come to Jesus Christ. We all must know him as our Savior. Ye must be born again, Jesus said, or you will not see the kingdom of God. And so make sure that Jesus Christ is yours. And you know how to enter the kingdom of God? Have faith like a grain of mustard seed. It only requires mustard seed faith. You, don't, you might say today, but my faith is so small. It's not great faith that saves. It's small faith in a great God. Put whatever faith you have in your heart and say, I believe, even though I struggle with unbelief, like that man who came to Jesus that time, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. But believe, oh dear friend, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ from your heart. And he is great, and his greatness will save you with your small faith. So let's look at this this morning. And just quickly to remind you, a parable is a story of an earthly truth. So here we have a mustard seed placed in a garden. And it's cast alongside a heavenly truth that the kingdom of God is going to grow great and fill the earth. And what's also amazing about this parable now, so we come to a seed. This is the third parable, and they've all had seeds in them. And in each parable, the seed represents something different. So that's another thing that's so challenging about the parables. The seed in the first parable of the sower and the soil, the seed was the Word of God. And Jesus interpreted that for us. In the second parable, there were two different kinds of seeds. There were the seeds of the wheat and the seeds of the tares. And this, those seeds didn't represent the Word of God. They re represented the children of the kingdom or the children of the enemy of the devil. So there the seeds are different. Here the seed is the kingdom itself. So we have three different parables. The seed represents three different things. So as you come to the parables, don't just assume if the parable is... Like, for example, the birds in the first parable was the devil. Coleman taking the seed. That was the devil. There's birds in this parable. Don't assume that the birds in this parable are the devil because they're not the devil. The devil be us, as we will see. So the, that's why I love the parables. You've got to really think about it. And sometimes you wrestle with it. And I've been wrestling with this, I have to say, for years. And I, I'm still not, maybe, I, I hope I'm right in my understanding, but I know I can't be far off because I'm just taking the simple word of God at face value. So let's look at the outward growth of God's kingdom represented by this parable of the mustard seed. And there's three things that we could say about this this morning. First of all, it grows from insignificant beginnings. Now notice in the text, and it's very specific, and I read each of the parable of the mustard seeds, because it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and I read them all, and they're all similar on this point. It says the kingdom of heaven, verse 31, 
is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. And that's all singular. So we're talking about one grain, one mustard seed. Not, not a whole, but he didn't cast a whole bunch of seeds. He cast one. And it was one man, and it was one field. And so here we see a smallness, almost an insignificance, because we don't know, we, the man's not named, the seed is so small, the garden, we don't know where it is. And so each one kind of seems insignificant itself. But when I think of that one seed, do you know what I think of? Go to Galatians chapter 3, please. Galatians chapter 3. When I think of that seed, I think of Jesus Christ. And I don't believe you would be wrong to say that the father is the husbandman, the man who took a grain of mustard seed, which is Christ. And Christ himself was sowed into the field of this world. Many believe that Christ is the seed. And Galatians chapter 3, Paul, in referring to the many times Moses speaks in the book of Genesis to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and what's the promise always? Out of Abraham will come forth a seed. And through that seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And who is that seed? Jesus Christ who will come forth out of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. And I thought of this in the parable of the mustard seed, where Paul says here in Galatians 3, 16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Christ is the seed. The king of the kingdom. The one who saves. The savior of the kingdom. Another seed of the kingdom, go to 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. When I think of the seed, obviously, as we saw in that first parable of the sower and the seed, the seed is the word of God. Notice this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 23, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So to this world, Jesus Christ seems so insignificant. Most people don't care about him, but he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day his kingdom will fill this earth. It will not be the kingdom of China. It will not be the kingdom of Russia. It will not be the kingdom of the United States. It will be the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And all these other kingdoms will be gone. And the word of the kingdom, seeming so insignificant to men, the word of God, it says here, it lives and it abides forever. All flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is as the flower of grass. A man might have glory today, and popular, and powerful, of, uh, and be a king, or be uh, a, a great person in this world, but all that glory is fading fast. It is the word of God that endures forever. The seed of the kingdom. 
You know what kind of kingdom we're living in now? A kingdom that is hypnotized by size. Don't let size hypnotize you. Because man's kingdoms and the kingdoms of this world might seem so powerful and large and mighty, but don't let size hypnotize you. Because just like Nimrod's kingdom of old in Babel, King Nimrod wanted to make a great earthly kingdom, but God scattered them to the wind and he divided the languages. And today there's, there, we're heading toward another Babylon in Revelation where the kingdoms of the world will seem so powerful and so many people will be deceived by the size and the power and the influence of this coming Babylonian kingdom. And it's almost as if it's being shaped in our midst today. Don't be deceived. Jesus Christ's kingdom is coming. And though it may seem insignificant, it will grow magnificent. God's kingdom begins with insignificance, but it will grow into great magnificence. This is the kingdom we need to be a part of. The second thing is the kingdom of Jesus Christ not only begins small and grows great, it begins with insignificant beginnings, but secondly, it's through simple work. How appropriate for Labor Day to talk about the work of the kingdom. So notice what the, the farmer does here. As I mentioned, the man took just one grain of mustard seed. And for this, just for fun, go to Luke, please, and chapter number 13. And we'll read it in Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 13 and verse number 19. Luke chapter 13 and verse number 19. And here's how Luke writes this parable of the mustard seed. And I'll back up to 18. Luke 13, 18 says, Then said he, Unto what is the kingdom of God like? And whereunto shall I resemble it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took, and cast into his garden. And, and it grew and it waxed a great tree. And the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. So here it says, he took it and he cast it. Now, do you think it was like, wow, this is hard work? I mean, all oh, this grain of mustard seed. Oh, when can I get rid of it? It's so heavy, you know. I gotta get, oh, oh, I'm just weighted down. I mean, it's a simple work. One grain of mustard seed. And he cast it. It didn't say he carefully placed it. It, doesn't, it just says he cast it. Now go to Mark chapter 4. Since we're here, we'll read Mark's, what Mark says. Because each one has nuance of change or difference. And Mark does say when he cast it, it was sown. It got sown into the earth. And that phrase is actually repeated twice. I want you to notice that. In Mark chapter 4, verse 31 and 32, Mark chapter 4, look at please at verse 
30, and I'll go down to verse 32. He says, And whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain, again, just one grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, now underline that because it's going to repeat, sown in the earth. So he casts it to sow it, and it is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. A simple work. So what's our work? It's to sow the seeds. To sow the seed. The seed of the Word of God. The seed of Jesus Christ. It's a simple work. But many times we feel, well, what good will it do? Well, I'll tell you what will happen if none of us sow the seed. You know what will happen? What will happen if none of us sow the seed of Jesus Christ and the Word of God? In your garden, you have a garden. He says he sowed the seed in his garden. You have your own sphere of influence, your job, your community, this community, our city. If you do not sow the seed, if we do not sow the seed, what's going to happen? Nothing will happen, I guarantee it. But if you do sow the seed, what can happen? Tongue cannot tell all that can happen, even through one simple seed. So cast the seed into your garden, and you'll never know this side of heaven. The blessings of the sowing of that seed will do. How many seeds never get planted? Because people think that one seed won't do any good. Get the seed off yourself, dear friends. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Such a man named Schubel Stearns, in the early days before this country was officially founded, he was born in 1706. And you know when he was saved? You know how old he was? He was about 40 years old. And after he was saved, Schubel Stearns, and he was saved through the preaching of the great evangelist, uh, Whitfield, George Whitfield. And Schubel Stearns became a separatist. A separate, they called it back then, a separate. In other words, he was going to separate from the congregational church where liberal theology already began to take root. And then, after a while, in the study of Scripture, he became a separate Baptist. Now, he was, he was born in Massachusetts, up in Boston, and, and then was saved in Connecticut, so he was a northern boy. And guess where he went? He went down to North Carolina. And he found in the wilderness of North Carolina an area called Sandy Creek. And then he, he discovered that Sandy Creek, it, it was a very small area where people lived, but it was the, a, a center of three major trading routes where people trading from three different areas would converge in Sandy Creek. And so when Schubel Stearns was 49 years old, he started the Sandy Creek Baptist Church, joined with Daniel Marshall. You can read about them great Baptists of our nation in our early history. And when the church began, they said that the singing could be heard for miles and the preaching of God's word attracted many. 
Within a year, the church grew to over 600 members. And Shubal Stearns would be dead within 20 years of starting that church. But by the time he died, that church in Sandy Creek planted 42 different churches in Virginia and Georgia and North Carolina and South Carolina. And out of those churches, a thousand churches grew. And that's why today we call the South the Bible Belt. <laughs> it's called the power of the mustard seed. Of one man filled with Christ. Filled with the Word of God. And he cannot hold back. The third thing we see about the power of the mustard seed, not only does it grow from insignificant beginnings, but through simple work, but third, to great usefulness. What a surprising result. It says, we read it already, so we don't have to reread. We've read all three gospel accounts of the parable of the mustard seed, but it grew great. Luke says it waxed a great tree. And it became useful that the fowls of the air came to lodge in the branches of it. They found something there upon which to rest. Matthew says it grew the greatest among herbs. And Mark says it shoots out great branches. And notice the branches of this mustard tree. They say a mustard tree can grow up to 20 feet high and just as wide. So it grows to great usefulness. It becomes a place of security, a place of shelter for the birds, right? And so the kingdom of God is a place for us to come and find refuge, safety, strength, security. The Lord is our refuge and our strength. As this psalm, there's many psalms we could read, but Psalm 91 verse 2, the, the word of God says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. And I love Psalm 84 that talks about how the sparrow even finds a, a place of rest and refuge in the altars of God in the temple. And so, in that sense, we can become like a mustard tree for the people of this community to come and find rest and shelter and strength. That's what we want Heritage Baptist Church to be. And that's what you can be to others as well. You could be like that mustard tree. You could grow mighty and strong. And people will come to you and get counsel. Or they'll come to you for prayer. And you will be like that mustard tree. A place of shelter. And that's what we saw in Brazil this past week. Pastor Ram has already started six churches and he's starting his seventh. It's quite amazing. So many birds of the air in Brazil have flocked into these churches to find refuge. So these are the two churches that we ministered in. They might look a bit the same, but this is Maranatha Baptist Temple in Aparecida. And then to the right is, he calls it the mother church. It was the first church he started in Guania. And he called, most of the churches are called Maranatha Baptist Temple. One was called Ebenezer, but uh, a Baptist Temple. But when I think of 
the birds of the air flocking into the mustard tree to find a place of refuge. We need refuge to come and, and fellowship and worship and grow in the Lord. And this was shown, they had a really cool picture outside the first church we went to. So we, got, we arrived on Tuesday, and that Tuesday night, we, we started a three-day evangelistic meeting. And so Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we were at this first church in Aparecida having an evangelistic conference, just preaching salvation. And we saw children and adults make professions of faith, and it was so encouraging. And the pastor of this church that Ram has come to know, he was already saved and he already had Bible training, but then Ram also did also give instruction and training to him, is Pastor Everton and his wife Claudia. And they have an 18-year-old daughter. She just celebrated her 18th birthday when we were there. And Pastor Everton is a strong man. And that's also what, what we saw is not only is Pastor Ram a great man, but he has great men leading these churches as well men like pastor everton and oh what a blessing to see the people come every night and the church the church will be full and then after the service the people of this church not a rich area at all but they would feed the whole church a simple meal we had beautiful fellowship with maranatha baptist temple in aparecida and then after our three-day evangelistic meeting there we went to the mother church Maranatha Baptist Temple in Guania, and we had a, a missionary conference themed on surrender. And this church is led by Pastor Fabiano and his wife, Kayla. I don't know if I'm saying that exactly right, but what a beautiful couple. And also Pastor Fabiano is a strong man, leads the singing. Both these men lead the singing and the invitations. You know how long their invitations were? A half hour. Would you like me to give a half hour long invitation? Oh, wow. Michael was saying people would walk out in New York if I, I did that. Don't worry, I won't. But what a blessing to fellowship with these men and to see how God is using them to build up these churches. So here we are. Each night we would sing a song. Each night we would share testimony. And this is a kind of a, a wide-angle view, though, of that's the, that's the church one of the evenings. And, and praise God. On the first night of the missions conference, about 36 or more people came forward to surrender their lives. And I asked Pastor Ram, I said, were, were people really, you know, surrendering or were these just the faithful people? He said, no, there was a breakthrough. And then the next night uh, was Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, Micah preached and shared his testimony. Now, I was in the children's ministry, but after the service... And Jeannie shared her testimony, right? Jeannie shared her testimony that Micah preached. After the service, Pastor Ram came to me with tears in his eyes. He said, Micah shared his testimony with us today. And there was revival. So praise God. One day we brought all of the school supplies. I shared that earlier. Those are all the school supplies. They were so blessed. And this is the Christian school. And we shared with the Christian school and did puppets and had chapel and went to their classrooms so all of this is in the mother church of Guania. And then we also met, we only stopped by to see, we did not have ministry with Pastor Wilson and his wife, but they lead the second church plant, Ebenezer Baptist Temple. And then as Micah mentioned earlier on Saturday, we went and we did door-to-door -door visitation. 
and I was privileged to go with the pastor. So this is the pastor, the man on the right, Pastor Jose Alderbal. And so he's leading the sixth church. So I tell you what, this is what was eye-opening. I never got this from any prayer letter, to actually meet the pastors leading these churches and then seeing the people. And so this is the place that they're constructing. And right now, they just are building a wall around. And inside this wall, they'll have the, the, the sanctuary and then the Sunday school building. They said they have to put the wall around it first so they can bring the materials in. They won't get stolen. So that's where they are on that construction of the sixth church plant. Meanwhile, Pastor Ram wants to start a seventh church. What zeal, what faith. Faith of a mustard seed grows the kingdom of God. May God give us that kind of faith. But we... Uh, Micah shared how people made professions of faith. And this is Bruno. This is Roxanne's husband. What a fine young man. And this is Pastor Jose. And so we knocked on the door of Wittalo, a 15-year-old young man. And, and I shared the gospel as ants were crawling up his legs. He, he just stood there. And, and I shared the gospel with him. And he also prayed to accept the Lord. This is where that church started, in a garage. And we had a meal there. What a blessing as the birds of the air just flock to fellowship, to be with one another. And what a blessing to meet our newest missionaries. So we were supporting Roxanne already as a single woman. But then, as mentioned, she recently got married. So now we support Bruno. And I'm telling you what, praise God for this young man. He is such a fine young man, and he's going to come up to the States, going to go to Ambassador Baptist College for a year, learn English a little better, although he speaks English very well, but keep him in prayer. And this is just one of the, the sweet young ladies in the church. She grew up in the church with Roxanne. Isabella, her parents are in the church. We had a delicious uh, Brazilian barbecue with this family. And I'm, I'm going to try to play this now. And hopefully her testimony okay. will come out. Hi, Church from New York. Uh, I want to say thank you very much for sharing with us the love about Jesus and for supporting us in all those years without knowing us. It was a blessing to serve these brothers and sisters and have time, spend time with them. And we are so thankful and so grateful for everything. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Isabella. <laughs> You're welcome. Amen. And so just real quick now, the last thing is that not only does the mustard tree become a place of security, but it, but it becomes a place of song. Think of this. The mustard seed gets planted, it grows into a tree, the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. What do birds do? They provide free music. And that reminds me of the people of God. When I read of Shubal Stearns, that the people could hear the singing for miles. And then the singing here was amazing in the church. The people would sing out so much. The last night of our evangelistic, of our missions conference, we decided to sing a song we had already sang, the only song we sang in, in, in Portuguese that we sang here, Shine, Jesus, Shine. And, and I thought it would be great if the whole church could join with us and sing. And so as the whole church was singing, we were singing in the front, I said, and it was so powerful, I, it was so loud, wasn't it? I, and I said, I just got I got to video this. So I got my phone out and I start videoing it. And I looked over, Michael was doing the same thing. And, and, but it, the video doesn't do justice to actually what we experienced. But I did take this brief video. Oh, 
Take your Bibles and turn to Habakkuk as we close this morning. And if we could get ready for the Lord's Supper. I want us to read Habakkuk chapter 2. The mustard seed. Growing from insignificant beginnings through a simple work to great usefulness will grow into a mighty kingdom, the mighty kingdom of God. And in Habakkuk, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. Can you read that verse together? If you found it, can you read it please with me? Habakkuk 2, 14, here we go. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's the kingdom of God. That's what it will grow to. Though it started so insignificantly with Christ Himself coming into the earth, cast into the garden of Bethlehem, growing in the obscurity of Nazareth, choosing unlearned and ignorant disciples to be His followers, and then establishing the Lord's Supper, a small insignificant group of men gathered in an upper room where he established the Lord's Supper and the kingdom of Jesus Christ is going to grow to cover the earth. Are you in Him? Are you following Him? Do you love Him? Do you seek Him? Follow Jesus. Love Him with all your heart. Let's pray. Let's stand together as we pray. Thank You, Lord, that Your kingdom is coming. Thank You that it grew out of obscurity and it's growing till someday it will fill and Your glory will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. So now, Lord, continue to bless us. How many here would say, Pastor Matt, praise God through Jesus Christ and by faith, simple faith in Him. That seed was cast into my heart. And that seed of the Word of God planted in me faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And I've become saved by His grace. And my desire is to follow Jesus Christ because I know that His kingdom is coming and His kingdom will be glorious and cover the earth. Can I see your hand if that's your testimony today? Just put it up, hold up your hand and say, Yes, Jesus, I love you and I want to follow you. And I thank you that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. God bless you. you. may put your hands down. How many would say, Pastor Matt, I couldn't put my hand up, but I need to be saved today. I want to be a member of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Some of you have been messing around, fooling around, taking your time, thinking you have time, but how much time do you have? You don't know. Make sure of your salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. I'm going to say, Pastor Matt, I need to be saved, and I need to be saved today. Can I see your hand? Is there anyone? like that if you need to talk to somebody about salvation please don't leave here today without Jesus Christ so we thank you Lord in Jesus name we pray amen